guys, guess who just got her package from Miss Daniela? Me. <laughs> I'm going to unbox it and um, give a live reaction. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's hope I don't. Let's hope I don't hate it and everybody knows. Oh my god, that I wouldn't happen. That would never happen. Oh, just almost cut my finger off. That's great. <laughs> this thing is sturdy. You're welcome. I take it very good. Yeah, thank you. And I'm <laughs> all the way from Texas in one piece. Everything inside is shattered. <laughs> It better not be. I'll fucking go up there like a Karen. Y'all throwing shit around over here or what? <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry. You're not going to make me cry, are you? It, are, it says greetings from Texas and I'm already like sad. Um, happy spooky season, darling. I hope you enjoy. How freaking sweet a handwritten note. Yes. We love a business, a business savvy woman <laughs> stop this is so cute stop <laughs> oh my gosh omg okay <gasps> oh my gosh thank you so we have here some canvas panels which i almost bought some literally two days ago so thank you oh my god so i can get back to painting mm -hmm. oh my gosh silly straws i'm gonna die i love these <laughs> I just like threw like Halloween like party shit in there. I was like, well, this is Halloween. This will work. It's so cute. The whole setup, guys, it's literally like fake spider web with spiders all in it and like some um, zigzaggy confetti paper that's like orange and black. And there's like pretty little, um, are they mums? No, not mums. What are these? These orange flowers. Why am I forgetting? Because they're from Dia de los Muertos. How am yeah, I not remembering what they're called? I forgot what they're called, too. Start with an M, I think. Um, marigolds? Marigolds. And um, I have a freaking pumpkin pin, a chunky mm. pumpkin pin. That is so cute. And a beautiful Courage the Cowardly Dog um, ashtray. I'm definitely going to be using this. I don't have one, and I needed one. <laughs> and it has flowers in it. Oh my gosh, super cute. I can finally post it on Instagram. I've been dying to post it. Oh, did you stage it and take a, and take pictures? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, because I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> a little pumpkin um, bucket. Oh my God, I'm going to hang that from the ceiling. <laughs> I'm going to literally repurpose all of this stuff because I don't have any decorations. So there is one thing that broke, and it looks like it's a wine glass. Damn it. I knew that shit was going to end up breaking. I should have wrapped it. But it's freaking cute. Did you make that too, or you found it? No, I found it. Here for the booze. That's what I got. I can <laughs> see that part of it. And the little ghost actually broke perfectly to where like the I can keep the little ghost if I sand down Oh, the shit. So that's interesting. Oh, my gosh. Super cute. Okay. And inside the glass, I have little snakes. A green one and a black one. <gasps> you made me a Ouija board planchette. I did. With flowers pressed inside. Oh my gosh, stunning. This gold stuff, I'm going to have to ask you how you freaking, you have to like paint that on first before you pour, no? No, I did it after. Oh my God, it looks yeah. amazing. Thank you. Very clean lines. Dang, for just starting out, you've got some, you got some good merchandise here. Mm -hmm. There's something yeah. else in there. There's a me the creeps keychain. <laughs> I'm still making my way. I'm taking my time looking at all this stuff. Oh my gosh, super pretty. I love the glitter in that. 
Um, that one was a tester because I I wanted the background to be black, but because of the transparent, uh, I guess paper or whatever that I use, um, it didn't it wouldn't come up because the background was black. So even if I did like red letters. So I just did it on white paper, so that's why it looks that way. But <clears throat> I didn't like the way it came out. But I was like, "Well, her box is already yeah, going out, I so I'm gonna take it." Yes, <laughs> I will use it. And then another cute chunky pin with cute little ghosts on it, and little skeletons. Oh my god! <laughs> and a freaking cool little skull thing. Is that a sticker? I don't think they're sticker. I think they're big glitter thingies. Oh my god! Keep it. <coughs> Um, and then there's uh, another silly straw and more little snakes. Am I missing anything? I think that might be it. Yay! Oh my god. So cute. I love the way you packaged this. It was so cute. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Spooky season merchandise from Texas always yes. does the soul some good, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We threw one badass Halloween party, but we never got to throw any more, so I'm mm. sad about that. That one was a history maker, though. It certainly was. I still <laughs> tell stories from that night. Oh my, um, oh, my gosh. So cute. I can't wait to show Hunter everything. He wanted to be in here for this part, and I was like, please don't. Please go away. <laughs> I can already <laughs> have heard him, too. <laughs> Uh, I'll show him when he gets back. All right. Well, thank you. Um, so we have some Halloween vibes going on. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, sassy fucking snorting back there the whole time. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. She was. She was like, "What else did you get?" And then snorting in between. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I was there for that." <laughs> She's like, "And what did I get? Not a damn thing." <laughs> <laughs> you can make her like a cute little spooky charm for her like collar or something. Not that she wears anything. I was about to say she does not wear a collar. She's, this crazy? shit is getting annoying. Dude, yeah. There. Anytime we've ever tried to put one on her, she takes it off. So, And if we do it too tight, it suffocates her. So, She saw the puppy. She's like, if you make me wear a costume with this little bitch, I'm going to be pissed off. Dude, I bought her a costume. And <gasps> I bought Sassy a costume, but she took it off as well. What it lasted, costume? It's literally just a witch's hat that ha- it's like the color of a candy corn, and Ooh. there's orange hair, curly hair attached to it. Oh my god, I live! <laughs> you should have sent me a picture of that. I will right That's now. So it it literally lasted like two point five seconds because she was like, "Absolutely fucking not! What are you think you're doing?" <laughs> Dog. Like she literally looked at me like, "What the fuck has gotten into you?" Yeah, she's like, "Is this a joke?" Because I mean, <laughs> uh, you're gonna die laughing. I cannot wait to see. Um, and Lilith, poor little thing, she's just rolling around, doesn't have any idea. Well, I we didn't even put Lilith, but yeah, I can just imagine what she would do. She's a disastrous mess, dude. She, I knew it. She's a puppy. <sighs> She is, and I. that's exactly why I did not want to get another dog. And now Jeremy and Emma are learning a lesson, so. There we go. Is this their first dog? It's their first puppy. Like, they've had dogs, but they've all been, like, older when they got them, so. Puppies are something else. People don't understand. Like, they will keep you up all night. Yes. 
they're, they're scared or whatever. They don't know what's going on. So they would just yes. whine and whine. Whenever and we first how... got Francis, we, we gave in to the whining in order to get some sleep. And then we'd mm-hmm. wake up with like a puddle of piss mm-hmm. in the middle of us. And <laughs> we'd have to always clean sheets and this and that. Yes. And the poor thing, he was in the crate whenever we were at work. So we were like, okay, we can't always make him be in the crate. Yeah. So you just get such a soft spot. And then you exactly. ruin them because you give in and give them everything. And then they're spoiled little yep. brats. And that is exactly what I <laughs> – that is what my – role is in this whole thing i am the hammer and i bring it down when it needs to be brought down yes ma'am good same i'm like hunter you cannot laugh at him when he does something bad it's just like toddlers like if they say a bad word and the parents laugh of course the toddler's gonna be like sweet i made my parents laugh yeah i'm I'm gonna do it again and again and again it's so weird they do it is so annoying and she thinks we're playing for everything So we have to like swatter on her, like basically her ass, and that's and she knows now, like okay, that I shouldn't have done that. It's not a game. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to hear a little Halloween uh, fun fact? Of course. You might have actually heard this one already, but. So, after playing a witch in Hocus Pocus, Sarah Jessica Parker learned that one of her great-grandmothers was accused of witchcraft during the Salem Witch Trials. Oh my gosh. No, I hadn't heard that. Really? I feel like I've seen that. Did she feel weird about it, I wonder? I wonder. Um, I think that's actually really cool. Like, you, she survived and now you're here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that Part weird? of the witches that you didn't burn. Yeah. Meme. Yeah, that and it's like live, laugh, love shit. Yeah, but for witches. Yes. <laughs> um, that's really cool. That's really cool. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I thought it was a nice little fun fact, Halloween themed, I guess. I wish she would have done more roles like that. And her as a blonde, uh, I live. I wish that she did more like that too. Oh, like she's always had blonde. her, yeah. She's always had her dirty blonde, like curls, but yeah, her that's an iconic. Carrie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, wow. Okay, cool. So I have no. I'm completely in the dark for what today's episode is. <laughs> it is week four in October, so I'm ready to be scared. I want to have nightmares. Okay, well, I had nightmares, so if nobody else does, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I had nightmares and I literally was like having a, like, I thought I was having like a psychotic break last night going through this shit. Like it was, I was like, what is happening? And then of course I'm like half delusional because I'm tired as shit, but I'm still trying to like organize what I was writing. Yeah. So you have to keep reading it over and over. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, am I like, is this happening because I'm reading this shit? Like what is going on here? So, okay. Mm -hmm. But today, I'm doing The Exorcism of Anna Eklund. I was really hoping we had some demons in store today, so I'm excited. Ooh, ooh, okay, let's do it. Okay, so this is one of the most documented cases of paranormal activity ever, with over a dozen witnesses. So Anna Eklund was a pseudonym for Emma Schmidt. 
And so I'll be referring to her as Emma throughout the episode. Most people refer to her as Anna, but because now I know her real name mm-hmm. and because that's Jeremy's daughter's name, I'm going to say Emma. Perfect. So according to Medium.com, she was born in Switzerland shortly before her parents immigrated to the U.S., but other online sources say she was born in Marathon, Wisconsin on March 23rd, 1882. There isn't much documented on Emma's childhood. Her mother died when she was around seven or eight, so she lived with her alcoholic, womanizing father, Jacob. And she possibly had siblings, but there was only like one or two places where I saw any reference to them. Mm-hmm. And I think her aunt Mina also lived with them at some point. Uh, so while her parents were never religious, Emma was a very devout Catholic. And she was constantly belittled, ostracized, and made to feel worthless because of her faith. Church was her refuge, a place to get away and envision a better life. Sometimes she attended morning and evening services on the same day And she dreamed of becoming a nun. There are so many contradicting stories here. And so this is what I could gather. Like it was super confusing how, mainly because I was reading a bunch of different articles. So every single one of them was contradicting. And I just, it like drove me crazy. So this is what I could gather. Um, Sometime in her teen years, she began hearing voices The voices in her head began to tell her to do unspeakable things, like smash the holy water fonts and beat the brakes off the priest. Jeez. And then she couldn't bring herself to receive communion. Anything that was consecrated, she refused to be near. And then soon she couldn't even enter a church at all. Mm -mm. Everything about... Yeah, dude. I, I couldn't even imagine, especially because that's what like drove her to do a lot of or like what made her feel like her life was worth something you know what I mean yeah dude that's all she had that's so sad this is like a Disney movie but like dark version (laughs) 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 like Cinderella but with demons yeah that's what I pictured oh that's great now I'm never gonna be able to watch Cinderella again Dang it. She didn't get possessed. What? Did she? Who? Cinderella? No. But now that you've. Wasn't she in some kind of a trance at one point? No. That was Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Don't do that to me either. God damn it. No, I can't watch Sleeping Beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Is Maleficent a a demon? No, I'm just playing. Okay. A witch? Oh, okay. Well, in I the cartoon, know. she's different than in the live action, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Okay. So and that I on. will keep talking about if I don't stop. So, okay. So, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, everything about God and religion would make her furious. And so, something dark seemed to have creeped up inside of her. There is something running up my back into the head. Emma tried to describe what she was experiencing, and from there into the heart. Capping her terror, she reported hearing nightly voices coming from below. Super scary. So at the time, her dad thinks that she's suffering from hysteria, which was always the case uh, with any woman that didn't fit the mold. 
So they take her to a specialist in New York, but none of the doctors can help. Uh, it's believed that they did perform a hysterectomy on her, which a, which was a common what solution. Fuck? What happened? <laughs> what the hell? A hysterectomy because she's hysterical? Yeah, isn't that weird that the word hysterectomy is coincided with hysteria? Yes. So wow. that was uh, apparently that was a common solution for hysteria back then. My God. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought they. I wonder like, what difference that freaking made. I don't. I mean, uh, we talked about this last week, the week before. Yeah, how... we did. I I did. I cut it. I think I cut yeah, it. Yeah, But did. we did talk about that yeah. because it has a lot to do with like moods and like. Well, yeah, feelings and stuff, but at the same time, Jesus, your hormones like, take out her whole womanhood. Well, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make you a woman. I'm not going to say it that way, but geez, because of that, instead of, I mean, I really just genuinely want to know what difference it made for people back then. I, I know they used to do like bloodletting, which they don't really do now. Oh yeah, and that actually was a good thing in a weird way for a lot of like diseases and viruses and stuff, but. Well, I guess it was like a version of like blood transfusion, but instead of like blood going back in you, they were just letting all the bad blood out. You know what I mean? Yes. And also because I think it was like sickle cell or some, or some like smallpox or something where the, people would be less likely to be infected if they didn't have as many healthy blood cells because that's what they like. It wants like a healthy host oh, cell. Okay. Um, just things like that. But anyway, so how old was she? And she had a full like hysterectomy. I'm not entirely sure. It says there were some that said like when she was a young adult and then there were others mm. that were like when she was older. So I'm not entirely sure when this happened, but. Towards the beginning of when things were happening. Like yes. Her- it will. It was. See, this is where I'm talking about. Like you, I have no idea where in the timeline the it 1800s. really fits. Yeah, it is the 1800s, so it's tough to know. Yeah, and um, a lot of it is, like, just hearsay. It's, like, what someone else Uh. had heard happened or some shit. So Mm -hmm. um, because a lot – this whole thing was supposed to be, like, super secretive. Like, they didn't want her identity to be out there. So that's why they came up with Anna Eklund. But also, like, no one, they didn't want her to be – what's happening now, basically, is what they didn't want to happen. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, so my bad. But uh, <laughs> that's probably why I was having nightmares. But um, Oh, jeez. So, yeah. So she has a hysterectomy, and they do the surgery, and it doesn't change a fucking thing. Like, there, it, if anything, she got worse. Because she was hearing voices. Like, what the fuck? I don't. Yeah, that's not. Like, I don't know what they. Oh, well. And then the only reason why they assumed it was hysteria was because she was like having these sexual thoughts, too. Oh. And so that was like a huge fucking deal. Yeah. Okay. But they don't want her to be Catholic. Okay. Make up your minds. Yeah, I don't. It's. Okay. (laughs) So. There's only there's only so many places a woman can be in the 1800s, okay? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's it's just oh, I can't even. So, <laughs> so then cue Father Theophilus Reisinger. Hmm. So he comes in after this, and he had just settled into his newest post in Erling, Iowa, when he heard of a strange case. By this point, Emma was 30 years old. 
And so she was, this is whenever she was still suffering from all that shit. It was after the hysterectomy, like she's still hearing voices and having all these thoughts. And like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. so bad because it wasn't all the time. Like it would just happen every once in a while. Shit. And, but as when he heard about it, it was starting to get worse. So according to his notes, he said that he had already met her years before when she was 16 And she was a parishioner at the same church he was doing his priest training. And his notes reflect finding her always truthful and obedient, cheerful and companionable, and leading an exemplary life. And this is whenever she was 16. So, or whenever he had first met her. Mm -hmm. So, Father Reisinger followed Roman ritual, which contained the church's mandated guidelines to diagnose a possession and differentiate it from illness or fraud. And when I was reading up on the Roman ritual, I was like, so it sounds like a spell book to me, but okay. And it's like, it's all of the rights that priests can give, you know, like, but I think there's three books, three of these ritual books. And this specific one was had the one for exorcism. So hundreds of persons have been sent to me by priests and laymen who believe that there is a possession. Usually I find otherwise. Uh, Father Reisinger explained to the Milwaukee Journal in a rare interview. As for Emma's story, this wasn't the case. Mm. So he goes to interview her because he has to figure out if this is real or not. And he asked mm-hmm. her a couple of questions about how life is going and what's going on. And then he asked if he can pray with her. And as soon as he begins to bless her, she loses her shit. And she's like even foaming at the mouth. Oh, God. I pictured that. I pictured her eyes like starting to roll back. Oh, oh, oh. creepy. Go. So all the while, Father Reisinger is praying in Latin, a language that Emma doesn't know. So... When he starts to speak regular Latin, like not religious Latin, she's fine. Like somehow she can tell when he's praying and when he's not. Oh, ew. Yeah, that's really creepy. Um, uh-uh. So once he figures out that, he tries to do it in Italian, Polish, and Hebrew, all languages that Emma doesn't know, and he gets the same results. Ew. Yep. Uh, so... After that, he exercises her that year, completing the ritual on June 18th, 1912. And this is just a basic, small exorcism. Run of the mill, you know, like mm-hmm. he just gets it over with and it's done. So that ends up not lasting long. Uh, his work came untethered when Emma reverted back to her earlier behaviors at the age of 46. Mm. So she continuously complained about sexual distractions and claimed that she was being tormented by the spirits of her dead father and her deceased aunt, Mina. Mm. Uh, So Reisinger's concern for Emma was genuine and he tried to help her. Like he really wanted to help her. And so finally, after getting permission from the bishop, Father Reisinger asked his friend, Father Joseph Steiger, for his assistance in allowing him to perform Emma's exorcism at his parish in town. Father Steiger 
may have been hesitant, but the location of Erling. Oh, did I mention that earlier? <laughs> oh, I don't think I did, but okay. Um. Okay, so to perform Emma's exorcism on his parish in town, and his town was Erling, Iowa, and she was in Wisconsin. So Father Steiger may have been hesitant, but the location of Erling had a number of advantages. For one, there was a Catholic church and a convent where Emma could stay during the process. The town was quiet with only a few hundred residents, but it was still close enough to the city of Des Moines and a major railway railway to support her traveling to the location. The seclusion of the convent would allow the exorcism to be performed in relative secrecy and keep Emma as anonymous as possible. It was also mm-hmm. hoped that being away from home would lessen the power of the demonic forces tormenting her. It became clear almost immediately that the distance made no difference. So Emma arrived in Erling, Iowa on August 18th, 1928, and she later stated that she was almost immediately filled with rage. Uh, Upon arriving at the convent, she wanted to attack the nuns waiting for her, and when they brought her food, she knew immediately that they had blessed it before entering the room. Raging, she refused all food and drink and proceeded to sit in her room, purring like an animal, and awaiting the arrival of <gasps> Father Reisinger. That's, what that the me out. Ew. No, I don't like when animal noises come from humans. humans that mm-hmm. are- so... The first session started that very day. Emma was put on an iron bed with her clothing and sleeves tied down to prevent her from breaking free. As soon as Father Reisinger began speaking the rites, her eyes fell tightly shut and she became unconscious. While attending priests tried to open her eyes, they found a thick yellow skin over the eyes with something like a big pea moving beneath them. Ew, what? (laughs) Yeah. Like a like a vegetable pea? I'm assuming that's what they meant. Like they saw like a bulge under her eyelid yes, or something? Yes, I think that's what they meant. What? Ew. Ew. Yeah. The thick yellow like membrane over her eye is what grossed me the fuck out. Like, like a snake, dude. Yeah. Ew. Uh-uh. So still unconscious, according to reports from inside the convent, her abdomen either moved up or down with terrific rapidity rapidity is that the word <laughs> i think i've never heard it used in that tense well this is direct quote from notes uh from like when this happened so this is going to be like 1800 speak so um oh then yeah you're fine <laughs> with terrific rapidity beyond the power of a human being Um, And it also swelled to the size of a big barrel on which no weight could make an impression. During those times that her stomach swelled, the iron rods of the bed bent down to the floor. And at one point, Emma was able, able to break free from the bed and she threw herself up high against the ceiling and landed on the wall above the door, gripping the wall like an insect. Oh, oh, no, thank you. It took Mm-mm. three people to bring her back down. I wouldn't even want to touch like, her. With, like, 
Yeah, I was going to say, did they, like, grab her and pull her down? I'm confused. I just picture, like, them trying to, like, coax her down like an animal, you know, like, yeah, there's a little treat for you. Come down. Ew, what the fuck? A little mouse or something? Ew. snake, apparently. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, once they got her back down, the screaming started. Howling, piercing, wretched screaming tore through the convent walls as Father Reisinger commanded they cease. Then the voices began. Screeching, bellowing voices that answered Father Reisinger's questioning in English, German, Italian, Polish, Latin, and Hebrew, all claiming to be multiple entities. Okay, so during the questioning, Emma began to vomit, and it was like endless amounts of random shit that she hadn't even eaten and stuff that looked like chewed tobacco leaves. She'd vomit so much that um, Father Reisinger would have to change clothes like four times a session. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. And I literally, like, I was, I listened to a podcast that talked about it, and they went into, like, graphic detail about it. And she was, like, throwing up, like, macaroni and shit and i was like what the fuck like disc like they were describing the throw up and i was like please stop (laughs) i'm not eating today Uh. um so of course the entities don't want to give up their names because that gives the exorcist power Uh over them power yes So the questioning goes on for hours until finally Father Reisinger hears a deep guttural voice come from within Emma. And mind you, this whole time her eyes are shut and she is not moving her mouth. Yeah. Her body. Where's the sound coming from? Her body is like moving around and shit, but her eyes are shut and her mouth is shut. So it they it's like I wanna say it probably sounded like whenever you you throw your voice, you know? Yeah. Okay. So it's coming from her throat, but her mouth. Yes. Ew. It smells like a dead mouse in here. What the fuck? Jeremy's part serpent. Dude. (laughs) I wonder if that's a shit. (laughs) Holy fuck. Oh, it smells gross. (laughs) What did you eat today? (laughs) Okay. Oh god. Um (laughs) I can taste in my mouth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So the questioning goes on for hours until. Oh, okay. Yeah, we already heard that. Okay. So, um, the deep guttural voice comes from within Emma, and the voice says that he's Beelzebub, who is one of the seven princes of hell, also known as Lord of the Flies, and. In some traditions, Beelzebub is another name for Lucifer or the devil or Satan. But in Christian uh-huh. tradition, he's supposed to be the chief lieutenant of Lucifer, like his second in command. Hmm. So um, some accounts say that as soon as he let it be known who he was, flies and mosquitoes suddenly appeared in the room. Oh, God. Yeah. So Father Reisinger goes back and forth with Beelzebub, who, of course, is mocking him, but that doesn't faze him. So he finally asks Beelzebub why he's there. And he tells him that the possession wasn't even his idea. It was actually caused by a curse put on Emma by her dead father, Jacob. 
What? Yeah. And apparently curses are a doorway for these entities to walk in to your body like Ricky Ricardo would, you know, like, Lucy, I'm home. Oh, my gosh. So, e- like, it just makes it that much easier. Yes. Why would he do that? It, well. <laughs> Let me tell you, girl. Oh, God. Okay. What a piece of shit. So, Father Reisinger asks, why would he curse her or want his own child to be possessed? Beelzebub says, I'm trying to, like, give this dramatic effect, and here comes Sassy clanking her nails all over the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wait for you. Don't worry. (laughs) She said, I'm the real star here. You better be grateful. (laughs) Like she said, I'm in every episode, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even have to do shit. Yeah. I'm your co-star, ho. You okay? <laughs> She's literally looking at me like, I'm drinking water. She reminds me of uh, what's his fuck from the Aristocats. I'm the leader. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Napoleon. That's his name. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, I What's think so. the little one's name? Le- uh, Leopold? No. Mm. I think it's it's something like that. Napoleon and wait. Lafayette. Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> Lafayette. Hey Lafayette. <laughs> well, I'm right here. <laughs> She's literally looking at me like, I'm the leader. I say when it's time to go. Here we go. Some you always save the tender parts for yourself. Because <laughs> I'm the leader. That's why. That's sassy <clears throat> talking to fucking Lilith. <gasps> She's going to show her the ropes. You know what Sassy's going to do? She's going to be like, you know what they love whenever you piss on their clothes? <laughs> She's going to sabotage the fuck out of her. So Father Reisinger asks why he would curse her or want his own child to be possessed. Beelzebub Mm. says, ask Jacob yourself. He's here with us. Oh, shit. But Father Reisinger, before Father Reisinger can say another word, another voice comes out so loud that some of the nuns have to leave the room. The voice is Judas, the disciple that betrayed Jesus and had killed himself shortly after Jesus was crucified. I didn't know that he had killed himself after. I don't think I did either. But I guess that's why killing yourself is a sin. Fulfilling the prophecy. Oh, maybe. Oh, wow. I know. I didn't know that, but I'm actually not 100% sure that's true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that. Because he did it after Jesus died, that would be a sin. I thought it was just because only God can decide when your times come to an end. Um, here we go. Oh, he did kill himself. It's many different accounts of Judas's death have survived from antiquity. Uh, after learning that Jesus was to be crucified, Judas was overcome by remorse and attempted to return the 30 pieces of silver to the priest, but they would not accept them because they were blood money. 
So he threw them on the ground and left. Afterwards, he committed suicide by hanging himself. Oh, creepy. The priest used the money to buy a potter's field, which became known as the field of blood because it was bought with blood money. Interesting. What? Wow. Um, and they used that potter's field to bury strangers. And another account, Judas's death is apparently by accident, and he shows no signs of remorse. Well, I don't know, but whichever one. <laughs> There's two ways to take. Yeah. So I guess. I guess we're just gonna go with the more romanticized one, and say he the dramatic. Yes. <clears throat> hung himself because he was just so distraught over what he did. <clears throat> so, okay, so he wants emma to do the same thing he did he says he wanted to bring her to despair so that she will commit suicide and hang herself she must get her rope she must go to hell what yeah. why so what did she do <clears throat> while judas is screaming Emma's body again begins to physically morph and change her abdomen swells again and she also goes completely white and her eyes pop out of their sockets. I guess like bugged out of her sockets. Mm -hmm. um, and her face would turn red and her lips would swell like to this enormous size. And we've all seen in the movies, these physical changes are common, but present day exorcists say that that shit isn't normal. And normally they it's just your eyes rolling in the back of your head or your body contorting into impossible positions is about as crazy as it gets. And <clears throat> legit, while I was writing this, this is the part that scared the shit out of me. So I was writing this last night and I was going to take a shower after. And so I like scared the fuck out of myself because I was like, I'm like, what if I said too much and now I'm going to get possessed while I'm in the shower or something? And all I could picture was, like, I'm taking a shower, and then all of a sudden my body, like, cracks into this, like, disgusting yeah. position. And then I'm just, oh, like, God. there. My eyes, like, dilate immensely, and I'm just, like, staring. Oh, God, it scared myself. You're creeping yourself out. I really did. Gosh. I did it, dude. And I was like, yep, but it's time to go to bed. The shower is the worst place for that to happen because you can't really, like, be calmed by anyone because you're obviously like showering and you're naked. Yes. You're like, someone's going to find me in here with a, my neck cracked and all contorted Ooh. and shit. Oh, God. Oh, God. It reminds me, I think the reason I pictured that was because of the exorcism of Emily Rose, the movie. That's. Yes. Where she's like in a back bend. And you can hear oh, the cracking. God. Ooh. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> horrible i don't either mm. so after every session emma has no memory of what has happened which is also a sign that someone is truly possessed if they have no recollection mm -hmm. of what happens when the entities are out mm -hmm. and these sessions continue for days and emma's condition is getting worse by this point the nuns are having to feed her liquid food i'm assuming through an iv and she's becoming weaker yeah but Father Reisinger wants to keep going. He knows that he just needs to figure out why Jacob cursed his daughter, and then he'll be able to heal her. Mm. So after endless praying and trying to lure Jacob out, he finally gets him to speak. 
Now, there isn't really any solid info of when or how Jacob died, but as Father Reisinger speaks to him, it's clear that he's in hell. Father Reisinger asks him why he would do this to his own daughter, and Jacob says, are you ready for this? Oh my God, yes. Mm. Because Emma refused to have sex with him. (laughs) That's disgusting. So he freaking cursed her? He was an alcoholic. Oh, God, he was a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. A piece of shit. No wonder he's in hell. Yeah. (sighs) Oh. Yeah. And he says because she refused. So who knows how many times before that she didn't. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. Or couldn't. Yeah. He could have just been cursing her for the times that she didn't have sex with him. You know what I mean? Disgusting. Yeah. So. I was listening to um, Supernatural with Ashley Flowers, and she mentions Mm. whenever they talk about this sexual abuse, um, she mentions that sexual abuse in childhood is the leading cause to a bunch of psychological disorders, including Mm. dissociative identity disorder, formerly known as multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Um, apparently, a lot of doctors consider this to be the best explanation for alleged demonic possession. Uh, mm. Dissociative identity disorder usually develops as a response to trauma, particularly sexual abuse. So if Emma was a survivor of sexual abuse, it makes you question what's really happening here. Yeah. But there are actually doctors out there that don't even – can consider dissociative identity disorder to be real so it's a pretty controversial topic but as for this case it would only cover some of the things that have happened it doesn't explain her sticking to a wall or the vomiting or the morphing of her body true um on the other hand sexual abuse apparently is also another doorway to possession it leaves mm. a psychic wound that can allow a demon to enter. I was like, oh, excuse me? Well, yeah, if you think about it, like it breaks it breaks down people's spirit whenever they're sexually abused yeah. and it like weakens their morale. Mm-hmm. And it's just an easy target for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh god. I can see that. So Jacob continues to speak to Father Reisinger, asking why he can't do what he wants to Emma. After all, she is his child. He can do what he wants with her. Father Reisinger says, no, that's not how this works. And as he's speaking, he hears a woman's voice come from Emma's body. Mm. Is there a woman here? Father Reisinger asked. Yes. I command you to tell me your name. My name is Mina, Mina, Mina. Answering in threes was common among the voices that presented themselves. Are you living or dead? asked Father Reisinger. I am dead, said the voice. And Mina had been Emma's aunt on her mother's side, and she had been believed by the townspeople to be a witch and a child killer. She was also known as Jacob's mistress. So uh, being a witch or even seeing a medium or getting your cards read and using crystals can also open a doorway for a demon. And that is exactly why Jeremy lives in my house. 
um, but that was the thought then. So, um, I mean, I'm sure there's still people that think that now, but. Oh, uh, yeah. And as far as her being a child killer, there's not like real evidence. Like this was her, this was the demon version of her saying that like they asked her questions during this little interrogation and um she said that she had killed little ones and so they took that as children and so she was never a mother so they were like well where the whose children did you kill like what the fuck and she never answers but there's like speculation that she just it either could have meant like she had abortions and that was it or she literally had kids secretly and then killed them before they like as soon as they were born oh yeah so mina confesses to father reisinger that she had been lacing emma's food and drinks with bewitching herbs years earlier what the fuck yeah he notes that mina is the most spiteful of all entities in emma And so this is when the vomiting gets worse and Emma gets even more weaker. So back to Beelzebub, he and Father Reisinger continue going back and forth, battling each other and draining the energy and life from everyone in the convent. Beelzebub begins to shout out the secrets and sins of everyone in the room and everything that he's saying is true. He knows everything about everyone except for the sins that had been confessed to a priest. So the church actually recommends that anyone that is going to participate in an exorcism go to confession beforehand. Well, I mean, if he's going to find out all their sins anyway, might as well do that. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. that's just so fucking weird. Like, how the fuck? It's like protected. They're like, the sins are protected, I guess, whenever you tell them directly to the priest first. Yeah. Um. Actually, now that you say that, I was just remembering... Apparently, you have to get permission before you begin an exorcism. Like, you have to give it, get a permission from, like, the higher-ups, you know? right? Like, does it go that high? Yeah, and that's what Father Reisinger did do that. But the reason why you need to get permission is because the devil knows if you've gotten permission or not. And I'm like, what the fuck does he care if you got permission? I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? So you can do an exorcism, but if you didn't get permission, nothing's going to work. Oh, shit. That's what I read. I I just, I was like, how the fuck does that even work? Why would the devil give a shit about what the Vatican would have to say about it? Dude, I saw, what if the, okay, because I've seen this guy. He's kind, he looks like he's kind of insane. I'm not going to exploit him or anything. But he said something about the Vatican actually working for the devil. I mean, honestly, the two have to, like, work together for them to work in any form. In balance? Yes. So, I mean, I see that. Oh, wow. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, so everyone is freaking out about him knowing all the sins and shit. And um, one of the entities, entities ends up predicting that Father Steiger... We'll get into a car accident at the end of the week. But Father Steiger, he doesn't want to show fear, so he brushes it off. And you don't know if, like most of the time, you're not going to, they tell you not to believe what 
the demon is saying, you know what I mean? Because they tell lies or whatever the fuck they say in the movies. But um, he brushes it off and sure the fuck enough, he does get into an accident. He says that he sees a black cloud appear in front of him, blocking his eyesight, so he veers off the road and almost off a bridge. He crashes the car, but he survives. So when he returns to the exorcism, an entity asks him how he liked its little trick it played on him. I would throw up. Dude, I would too. Oh, I'd be like, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Bye. I don't know if I would ever try, like go anywhere alone if this was still happening. Like if the exorcism hadn't been like hadn't worked yet, I would never go anywhere alone. Yeah, I would. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, God. For week after week, it seemed that the efforts of Father Reisinger was having no effect on the demons living inside of Emma. But beginning on December fifteenth, the intensity of the evil began to wane. Father Reisinger stayed up for three nights in a row, commanding that the en- commanding the entities to leave, sprinkling his holy water and brandishing crucifixes. Suddenly, standing in the corner of the room, Father Reisinger sees Satan himself wearing a crown and holding a sword, Beelzebub by his side, and flames surrounding them both. What the fuck? Yeah, and I, I mean, he granted he. It says that he stayed up for three nights in a row, and I don't know if that means like all day long. But if he stays up for three days, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going to start hallucinating. Yeah. (laughs) True. (laughs) But I mean, I wouldn't. And then I don't know why that would make you think that they're losing power. Like, because the only reason he thought that it was dying down, like the demons were finally ready to get out was because their voices were weaker. They sounded weaker. And um, they weren't, like, coming out as as much. But then he sees that shit or whatever, so I don't know. Then at 9 p.m. on December 23rd, 1928, months after her exorcism began, Emma suddenly leaped up from her bed. Assuming this was just another incident, the nuns, they moved quickly and wrestled her back down, but instead she fell back and began softly muttering Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, Mina. Hell, hell, hell. A few minutes later, she suddenly regained consciousness. Her eyes flew open and a smell of sulfur like went through the room for a moment. Yeah, I was like, she let out a gnarly ass fart. (laughs) That's all I could think of. Uh, Evil is supposed to smell apparently like that, like eggs like disgusting yeah rotten and yeah and i don't understand why i mean never mind i do understand why but they're just they're raping her body essentially like whatever's inside of her i so it just lets out that smell they're yeah them leaving is just that was them leaving or that was supposed to be them leaving Um, So after this, she sits up and she states to her stunned audience, from what a terrible burden have I been freed at last, my Jesus, mercy, praised be Jesus Christ. So that was the end of that. Uh, The difficult process took 23 days total in 
and they it was three sessions. The first was August 18th through the 26th, and then the second was September 13th to the 20th, and the last began December 15th and lasted until the 23rd. Is that 23 days? <laughs> uh, got it. That's a long time. Yeah, dude, that's like a month. Okay, that's oh, okay, yeah, there's three weeks. It was just it was three weeks. Uh but I mean Still yeah, that is a long time. Nothing happened <laughs> in November or October. That's interesting. Now that I think about that. Hmm. Wonderful. Okay, so In 1999, the Vatican issued revised guidelines for its exorcism ritual. This protocol had not been updated since 1614, and it was the older version that Father Reisinger used in exorcising Emma Schmidt. The Catholic Church today rarely sanctions an... Oh my god, I was about to say an orgasm. (laughs) It rarely sanctions an exorcism. As most possession ca- possession cases upon investigation clearly are attributed to people faking or psychiatric or organic conditions. Um, this exorcism was one of the last to be officially sanctioned by the Catholic Church and Papal Papal. I don't know. What? Don't know if that's how you can pronounce it. Papal Papal. <laughs> Okay, the fucking Vatican people's records do report that an exorcism of a woman did take place at the convent. (laughs) You are being nasty now. (laughs) Over here with orgasm and cum and this and that. Dude, I'm getting possessed. (laughs) I know. The demons are giving you your dirty mind right now to distract you from... Stop it. Okay. The exorcism of a woman did take place at the convent of the Franciscan sisters over three separate sessions, totaling 28 days. Okay, it was 28 days. Mm. Um, With such secrecy surrounding it and the only accounts coming from those who have claimed to witness the events with their own eyes, many experts continue to point to the case of Emma Schmidt as a true documented case of demonic possession in the United States. As for Emma Schmidt, she returned to Wisconsin. Apparently no longer suffering from demonic possession, she was allowed to resume a normal life. This involved her attending mass as she saw fit without resistance from unseen forces, and she apparently became very devout again. Her time, place, and date of birth are all unknown. It is reported that within a year of Emma's exorcism, all of the sisters who assisted in her exorcism had asked for transfers from the Erling convent. They carried too many bad memories of the experience. The convent structure is gone from Erling. It fell into disrepair and was torn down in the late 1990s or early 2000s. Jeez. Yeah. So much of what is known about the possession and exorcism of Anna Eklund comes from the work of Father Carl Vogel. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, In 1936, the Catholic Church approved Vogel's publishing a pamphlet and instructional Mm -hmm. tract called Satan Be Gone (laughs) that chronicled the 1928 exorcism in Erling, Iowa. As part of his preparation of the pamphlet, 
Vogel was granted total access to everyone involved in the case. This is where the name Anna Eklund comes from, uh, but she was also referred to as Mary X in another pamphlet. A priest named Father F.J. Bunce, Buncey, maybe, wrote a second account of the possession on a pamphlet called, this is really long, The Erling Possession Case, an Exposition of the Exorcism of Mary, a Demonic and Certain Marvelous Revelations Foretelling the Near Advent of Antichrist and the Coming Persecution of the Church in the Years 1952 to 1955. Woo! This 1934 publication is purported to be taken directly from the German notes of Father Reisinger. Apparently, he, um, like, wrote all of this shit down in notes and stuff, and uh, that was what was turned into his book. On Medium.com, it's literally all of his notes, but they tried to write it out in an article, but this is where it was super fucking convoluted like i couldn't decipher any of the timeline at all with that article but that's where most of the direct quotes come from is that article because they used his notes directly and i do want to read the disclaimer they have at the top of their what their article for that one (laughs) it kind of freaked me out just a smidge Um, okay, authors note, the following story has been reported based on the first-hand accounts of those involved. Highly detailed notes on this case have been stored in a seminary library library for many years and sealed with this message. These are not to be published through the press or from the pulpit. The editorial team of Truly Adventurous, which is this area of medium.com, has reviewed these records, but we are among the few who ever have. I was like, what the fuck? Wow. Yeah. Do they keep like classified paperwork of other exorcisms, I wonder? I'm sure they do. Um, The ones that go wrong. Yeah, but I'm sure they also, a lot of those are like kept extremely secretive. Like they don't, the church doesn't like bringing attention to itself in any way. Yeah, I mean like priests have to stay on the case until the exorcism is complete so they like it took 28 days for this one yeah so i can't imagine until literally sometimes the people die because the Mm -hmm. their bodies are just being their bones are being broken over and over and they're getting all scratched up and not eating and stuff horrible i wanted to do the exorcism of annalise michael michaels um for this episode but we know that her case was probably epilepsy and schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to end on a sad note because she does die, but I wanted to use, I wanted to do it because I wanted to use the audio from her exorcism because there is audio and I wanted to scare everybody, but Mm -hmm. it ended up, I was like, well, this is really sad. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. That's a good, good point. Um, so one person that read all like the accounts of all this shit was author William Peter Blatty. I'm assuming that's how you say it. 
who used the story as one of the inspirations for his book, The Exorcist, which was later adapted into the movie that everybody knows. So Blatty claimed his book was based on the Robbie Manhim, I think that's how you say his last name, uh, case. But Robbie did not exhibit the level of shit that Emma did. Like, he didn't do half of the things that she did. So the only real similarity between the Robbie case and the novel, The Exorcist, is the rough age of the victims, 13 years old, and its setting in Maryland. Virtually every iconic element of The Exorcist comes directly from the Emma Schmidt case, which predicts or which predates Blatty's reference case by two decades. And in 2016, Welsh film director and writer Andrew Jones brought the story, brought the story of Emma Schmidt to theaters once again with his film The Exorcism of Anna Eklund. Hmm. And I did not watch that because it looks really shitty. Damn it. I know that's usually the case with some of these that are less uh, talked about and it came out in 2016 and i was like i haven't heard of this so neither have i um hmm. would you like me to say what the possibilities were of what could have really been going on um i mean it gets it? rid of do we want to I leave don't it know because we can leave it a mystery if you it's up to you it's your episode it's however you want to wrap it up mm. has the most impact I don't know. Maybe I won't. That's what's sad about this. Like, I keep wanting to do super scary ones, but then I'm like, oh, but this has, like, so many logical explanations yeah. that would just ruin the whole thing. Okay, well, I can at least Not tell you. That. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. So, okay. So, they say that Father Reisinger, like, coaxed the names of Emma's demons from her. Like, he suggested. Like a false. Yes. Uh-huh. And probably not to like great surprise considering the abuses Emma claimed from her childhood beyond um Beelzebub like obviously you're gonna have like an actual demon but I nobody knows or they suggest why Judas in a minute but um her other two invaders were her dad and Mina so mm. Beelzebub's presence is obvious Judas hanging himself after betraying Jesus was probably internalized because Emma had tried to commit suicide several times in her life. Oh, geez. Yeah. I didn't know that. And Jacob's presence may have been a clear signal that despite Emma's protest to the contrary, he may have managed to rape her more than once. So finally, Mina's invasion can be accounted for by Emma's disdain for the adulterous relationship between Mina and her father while Emma's mother was still alive. So the demon spoke, though, in voices suited for each character, all wishing, all wished to see Emma suffer and burn in hell. Mina reported from the beyond that she had killed, and I talked about that earlier, about um, maybe abortion, or maybe she really did kill babies. Um, Mm -hmm. And if she, like, did have an abortion, or have abortions, it was because she had been having an affair with a married man. Mm. So, and that would greatly fuck up her image in 18, what, in the Victorian times, you know? Scarlet Letter era. Yes. So, Mina and Jacob have been long dead. So, it's apparent both somehow physically or psychically, 
scarred Emma for her to carry their spirits burning in hell as they were within her. So Judas and Beelzebub were just window dressing. Like her internal struggle was her dad and her aunt. And then it was, I mean, trauma, yeah, internal trauma. Yeah. So that's basically what they think it was. Like it was just an actual, like she might not have had like dissociative disorder, but this was so traumatizing to her, whatever happened. It was so like it literally like cracked her in half, like it broke her to where she couldn't handle all of this guilt and shit inside of her. So that she just yeah. created all this shit. But I guess that would be what dissociative disorder is. You can't handle it. So you split. Yeah. Oh wow. Um that reminded me of this artist that I found out about. Uh, you might know what I'm talking about. Where she paints through her different personalities and each personality has a different style. And it's one of them is really, really disturbing and graphic. Oh, no. I do remember seeing um, that, but I don't. I didn't look into it. Kim Noble has a dissociative identity disorder, and uh, yeah, she has like a few different personalities that all paint different things. And one of them paints like people chained to the wall and like little girls like tied up with adults standing over her. It's like really disturbing. It sh- and she mentions that she doesn't remember what happened, but that she knows that she used to be sexually abused by adults. And so that part of her is like blocked out. And so whenever she paints as that personality, that's the only time when it gets to be expressed. And it's super scary to see. Yeah, dude. Really. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And so she so it worked then and then she went back to normal. Right. Like whenever the 28 days was up. Yes, that is what I read. So or that's what I could find. But when I listened to that Supernatural with Ashley Fowers Mm -hmm. episode, she goes on to say, I didn't find it anywhere. So that's why I wasn't going to say it, but I was going to mention that she said it, um, that she got possessed again, like a couple years later, but not by demons. She got possessed by Mary and Jesus and somebody like, uh, like saints. And they told her that the reason why she um, got possessed in the first place was, or the reason why she got possessed with this time was to let the world know that the Antichrist was coming. What the hell? And it was supposed to happen in like the 50s. And the church actually believed her. So they, like, looked into, like, any suspicious activity from, like, children because it wasn't the 50s yet. So they were looking at children that were being weird. And they found one kid and it, like, he, I don't remember what he did that was, like, weird or whatever. But he grows up to end up being the man that created the AK-47 or whatever it's called. What the actual? Yeah, I don't know how true that is because I didn't find it anywhere when when I was reading about her. So I don't know if that's Whoa. just a tacked on little thing or what. But yeah, I was like, what the fuck? But then after that, she never. There's nothing else of her after that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What if it's true? I don't know. Spooky shit. 
That would be a turning point in history. I don't know. Well, the invention of that weapon. So she, yeah, and she. Apparently, there was another lady that also predicted something similar, and I don't remember if either of them was like super. None of them were like super correct or whatever, but obviously, but um, all of this was around the time that World War One was happening. World War Two. I don't know. World War One. Yeah. So all of that shit was happening. And so, of course, they were like, oh, my God, they were telling the truth. Like, they really did hear from God and all this shit. And So, I don't know. I don't know how true that is, though. So, Well, going that far back, it's always difficult to know how accurate things yeah. are. But, geez, wow, that was super creepy and disturbing. Mm-hmm. And I could see how that would stick with you. Yeah, dude, I had a nightmare last night scared the shit Mm. out of me regardless like if it's mental illness or exorcism like there's something happening to yourself that you cannot control and it's terror it just sounds like living hell dude it makes me i mean it makes me really sad to think how many people in that time like just straight up just suffered because there was no medicine mm -hmm. for that yet yeah and they Um, just suffered through it and then died like Dude, yeah, they were, or they were dumped into those asylums yeah. where people didn't even – there weren't even enough workers to take care of everybody and they're just covered in like fecal material and like scratches oh. and they're not even being supervised. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of American Horror, Horror Story Season 2. I still haven't watched that. Asylum. Oh, Asylum's my favorite. That's what Jeremy said too. It's his favorite strange nobody ever says season two they're always saying three either one or three Mm. is their favorite season Mm -mm. coven Um, is my favorite yeah that's season three is it that's a good one yeah that's a good one oh wow good that was awesome that was super scary thank you um my sources medium.com husheduphistory.com infobarrel.com and last gasp dot com Ooh. Mm. exorcisms man yep um i was waiting as i was like doing all this i was like i closed my computer and i was like waiting for it to turn back on like it doesn't <laughs> that i thought you were gonna say you were waiting for the demons to take no you. i was waiting for like some <laughs> spooky shit to happen on my computer like it did and it wasn't in there, her computer, but in the exorcism of Emily Rose, her some shit turns on and like you can hear like shit happening. Oh my god, that was good. Mm. Like, I mean, but... well, rest in peace to that mouse. <laughs> uh, that was what came up. That's what co- got conjured up in all this research you've been doing. The is dead the mouse, mouse was the sacrifice? Fuck. It was you or the mouse? Well, I'm glad it was the mouse. <laughs> Gus Gus. Oh my god, what did you <laughs> And we were just talking about Cinderella earlier. Cinderella. <laughs> Dude, that's kind of scary. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I might leave it in just for that. Spooky. Ooh, ooh. That's not good. Put a little t-shirt, put a little t-shirt on him and a little hat. I threw him away already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, poor thing, flesh. <laughs> <I> had- <laughs> 
There it was in um because we had the flat glue traps at first, but I was so distraught seeing them struggling and like seeing them dead. So I was like, we're going to get the little boxes that have glue inside. Mm -hmm. So they just run through the box and they get stuck and I won't have to see them. Mm-hmm. So that is why I didn't know there was a mouse because I could. Oh, see you, it. did you have to look inside? Yeah, I had to look inside and I almost died. Ew. Yeah. Was like At least you smelled it first and you kind of. There was what? There was bugs in there too. Ew, poor thing. How I wonder how long it takes for them to die when they. I don't. You know what? I don't know how I did not hear it struggling. I don't know how I didn't hear its little peeps. I don't know. Or when it was. Oh, when it was. Yeah, dude. I am distraught. That. I saw the collector for the first time. I don't know if you've seen that movie. That. that. Dude, it's fucked up. You should watch it. It's pretty good. But you will be afraid of having an intruder with eyes like that. Never mind. Because his eyes really scare the shit out of you. It honestly scared me. Like, he, I think he's blind or something. And so when the when people shine the light on the intruder, his eyes look, like, shiny and small. Because he's wearing, like, a weird mask. It's super like creepy. A mouse. But there is one scene where he – because the whole thing is he has traps all over their house. And it's super, like, disgusting what happens to people. But – there at, at some point there he goes into a room to try to get out through the window and he sees that there's like some goo all over the floor and the cat is stuck to it. No. Oh my god, I can't. And it's try and it's and it's making noise. It looks like a real cat. I don't know how they played that scene off, but his shoes get stuck to the bottom and he like takes off his shoes and gets on the bed and then he just the cat's making too much noise, so he rips the cat off the thing and throws it out the window, but the window has a trap on it, so it fucking dies anyway. Oh my god, I'm not watching that movie. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> the cat was stuck to the freaking goo. I don't know what kind of stuff that was to that's just Dude, really um, inhumane not. whatever that stuff was. Yes. It was like thick super glue it looked almost like neon yellow like goo like thick ass goo all over the floor and the cat was just like stuck to yeah it. absolutely not i its face was like stuck i was like how did it get ripped off there without losing all its skin why would you oh i know the I image know that oh no exactly um like the cat could have been free but then the window fucking clamped and of course and they have to kill it, it. oh i can't breathe i don't even like cats and that scared me i mean that made me sad yeah it's horrible um have you seen we summon darkness not yet is it good it looks kind of corny dude i that's exactly why i watched it because i saw johnny knoxville i saw johnny knoxville and i was like this shit is and it looked you know like a b movie so i was like this looks like it's gonna be good or at least like mm-hmm. kind of shitty, kind of funny. I thought it was gonna be funny, you know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we watched it, and holy shit, it was not what I expected at all. I mean, it wasn't the complete oh, best, watch it. but it was really Still. good. Yeah, I think you'd like it. It was very interesting. I'm excited. It's been on my list, so I'll have to watch it. All right. Well, that was the exorcism of Emma Schmidt. Mm-hmm super creepy we will be back again next week with an exciting compilation so that both of us can share the last week of october so i'm super excited and uh yeah i hope you guys enjoyed i hate i hate that that's my main phrase i hope you enjoyed this episode (laughs) what else can i say um i hope you didn't hate it no i'm just kidding um well make sure you share with all your friends let them know that we are on every 
podcast streaming platform and give us a follow on Instagram and on Twitter. Send your listener stories to our DMs or to our email. And yeah, guys, we'll see you next week. Hope we gave you the creeps. Oh shit, that's your part. I'll cut that. You should leave that shit in there. No! Hope we gave you the creeps. Like, okay. No, you say it directly like, after. Oh shit, that was your part. And then I'll and then oh, yeah. you say it. So, oh shit, hold on. <laughs> I need to drink some water. You're being too flirty lately with that. So, <laughs> give me the. <laughs> You're like, so did I make you? Ew! Stop it! <laughs> Two weeks ago, when I was editing, it literally made me drop my headphones. I was like, she's being way too. Her, the sexual tension at the end of this episode is like driving me crazy. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's hilarious. But that means that my job here is done. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) I can't help it. Okay. It's your natural heat. (laughs) Why the fuck? You just had to make it worse. God damn it. I I couldn't help it. It's my Guatemalan-ness. <laughs> uh, okay. I honestly might leave that part in. <laughs> so long. Because people will be like, right? I thought the same thing. Oh, shit. My bad, guys. So, did we give you the creeps? <laughs>